This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the BBC Music Magazine podcast. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting classical-music.com or to our interactive iPad edition by visiting iTunes.com. BBC Music Magazine is now an official Apple Music curator and you can listen to our exclusive playlists by visiting applemusic.com slash bbcmm. Hello and welcome to our monthly cover CD podcast in which we take a brief look at the works on the disc that accompanies the latest issue of BBC Music Magazine. I am Jeremy Pound, the magazine's deputy editor, and with me is our editorial assistant, Eleanor Cooper. Hello. This month, our June issue cover CD features two symphonies by Felix Mendelssohn, as we also celebrate the great German composer on the cover of the magazine itself. Those two symphonies are his first in which the BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra is conducted by Otto Torsk, and his fourth, The Italian, where again we hear the BBC Scottish Symphony, but this time conducted by Matthias Pincher. Let's begin by hearing the famous and famously uplifting beginning to the fourth, shall we?
was the opening of Mendelssohn's Italian Fourth Symphony, played by the BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra under Matthias Pincher. As with the same composer's Scottish Third Symphony and, of course, his Hebrides Overture, the Italian symphony was inspired by Mendelssohn's love of travelling, wasn't it, Eleanor? Indeed it was. Mendelssohn went to Italy in October 1830 and the trip lasted ten months. He started in Venice and worked his way south to Rome, visiting Bologna and Florence on the way. As well as his musical talents, Mendelssohn was also a decent amateur artist. He recorded his impressions of the Italian trip in a series of watercolours and sketches, which he later used to help him compose the symphony. Importantly, though, Mendelssohn isn't trying anything programmatic in the Italian symphony, is he? he? In other words, he's taking fairly generic Italian themes and moods for each movement, rather than trying to musically describe specific places and events, isn't he? Precisely. The symphony isn't particularly Italian until the last movement, in fact, which is based on a Neapolitan dance called a Soltarello. Um, the other three movements give more of a general feeling of Italy, Mediterranean sunshine, religious solemnity and the Italian countryside. Lovely. Well, let's then hear the last of those movements. Here's a moment from the closing Saltorello, which is interestingly in the minor key. This is not, though, a case of Mendelssohn taking us from the sunny major opening to a dark and foreboding minor finish in the sort of reverse of Beethoven's fifth. Minor key it may be, but this is anything but gloomy. <laughs> And that was the finale of Mendelssohn's Italian Fourth Symphony, a work he completed in 1833 at the grand old age of 24. Next we move on to his first symphony, a piece he composed at an age when most of us were doing school exams, wearing daft haircuts and failing to get served in the pub. Here's the opening Allegro Molto. There you have the work of the 15-year-old Felix Mendelssohn. That was the first movement of his first symphony played by the BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra under Otto Tausk. The performance you'll hear on the cover CD of the June issue of BBC Music magazine. While 15 may seem like a nauseatingly young age to produce work of such quality, Mendelssohn already in fact had a couple of impressive works already in his portfolio. And in fact, a couple of absolute masterpieces lurking just around the corner, didn't he? He did. By the age of 15, Mendelssohn had already written 12 string symphonies, the first of which was written when he was just 12. When he was 16, he wrote his octet in E-flat major, now considered one of the masterpieces of the 19th century, as a gift for his violin teacher, Eduard Ritz. 
And the following year, he wrote the Midsummer Night's Dream Overture, aged just 17. But for all that he was a famously early starter, though, our feature in the June issue actually looks at how there was more to him than that, namely that he continued his greatness throughout his life. As Eric Levy discusses in the piece, Schumann once described Mendelssohn as the Mozart of the 19th century. And yet he's not quite stood the test of time in the same way. Some of this is down to a nearly a century's worth of prejudice and discrimination that followed his death in 1847. But there's also that lingering perception of Mendelssohn being somehow sort of fluffy and lightweight. That perception is way off the mark, isn't it? Definitely. His huge output and his highly original and individual style rightly earn him a place among the greats. If you think of the impact works like his violin concerto, for instance, have had on subsequent composers, it'd be madness to relegate him to second rate. As Eric Levy discusses in the magazine, he wasn't a revolutionary in the same way as Beethoven or Wagner were, but his music is still some of the most exquisite written in the 19th century. And hear, hear to that. Well, let's round off our podcast with another example of Mendelssohn's genius. Here is the very end of the Allegro con Fuoco final movement of the First Symphony. In the meantime, until next month, is goodbye from Eleanor. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.